We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What up? What? We didn't play the music. Hold on, wait. Welcome to the Heapy Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Carlo Navas. And with me today, on the bottom of the screen here on Twitch, uh, you can find our Twitch page at twitch.tv slash If you are a podcast-only listener, come on, join. All our podcasts are live, and we're having a ton of fun here on Twitch. So joining me today on the bottom of the screen is our trash tweeter, Jack Alfonso. What's up? On the left of me, we have our 2K coach, Frankie. What to do, baby? <laughs> and on the bottom left, the moose himself, Alex Musibai. What's going on, people? How we doing today? It's good because we actually get a damn show after a heat win, and that's not that's not very often, right? Like we don't we don't get this often, right? And Jimmy Butler's back, and this season has been a bit of a slog. And uh, Alex and Chad is pointing out that Jack has a cheesy sports writer jacket. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, also, chat's asking if, if our intro that, song Alex. is on Spotify. Our intro song is not on Spotify. That is an exclusive that you only get when you listen to the podcast. Um, it goes to show so, you come- that Alex doesn't watch the pregame show because Jack is. Yeah, that's right really now. fucked up. Actually, yeah. no, I want. Well, first of all, no, I'm driving no, no, home. No, no. Alex, Alex, <laughs> Alex, I think Moose just Miami revealed that he too doesn't. Miami, yeah, a little bit. Believe in Alex's. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, have a lot no of that. podcasts has more Alex's. No, we we have the game cornered. All right, guys. So I wanted to I wanted to be very succinct and focused today because I think there's a lot to take from that Kings game, and I think it's funny to say that about a fucking Kings game because um, you know it's the Kings. But the Kings were on a three game winning streak. They were looking pretty good. Um, their offense is like legit good, and they have like probably the fastest player in the NBA 
right? De'Aaron Fox is fucking awesome. He's a stud. I know Buddy Heald has that contract, but the dude can flat out shoot. And, you know, they're not the best team, right? But, you know, when the Heat were on a five-game losing streak and uh, any of these wins, we take any of these. Uh, I think Siobhan said it on Hangover Time last night. It's like the first one, or, or the other day, like the first win after the losing streak is always going to be the hardest. And then you kind of get rolling from here. So let's talk positives because there were a lot. In, and we have to start with Jimmy Butler and what he brings to the team. I tweeted out the other day, Jack, that the Heat are 19th in free throw rate. They get to the rim the second fewest times in the league. And that's even adjusted per pace. And that's just not how Jimmy Butler plays basketball. Jimmy Butler gets to the free throw line. And Jimmy Butler gets to the rim. And I think we saw that on full display yesterday. Got 16 free throws. Was really in attack mode going north-south. They like they finally got their full playbook back because they really did not have a guy that commands help the way Jimmy does. Because Goran can get to the rim. And Goran's a good north-south player. But Goran's not getting that kind of help that Jimmy gets. Because Jimmy's a better passer than, than Goran. And Jimmy has a bit more... I don't know I don't know if it's acceleration. Because Goran's plenty of... But Jimmy's just... He has a lot more gravity kind of coming off that that pick and roll stuff. And they were doing a lot of like uh, kind of elbow handoffs instead of Bam kind of handing off at the three-point line. They're running that a little closer to the paint. And, and that was really fruitful for them, Jack. So I, I for one, am really happy that Jimmy's back. The, 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 the stuff in the paint I thought was the biggest difference maker. Yeah, I mean, we kind of – it's really easy to forget what having a superstar – come back does for this team and i think you just don't remember how good jimmy butler is until you go several weeks without him and all of a sudden a team that made the finals looks like a team that can't play nba basketball and i mean they still had all of the same they have problems that they need to address but this is at least the heat team right like we're watching the heat now we were not in the heat basketball month or whatever um and I, I'm curious how you guys thought Jimmy Butler looked. I We talked about it in the pregame show, and we've been talking about it, how he's going to look coming back. Um, that like, I was kind of worried that he might rush himself back. But I thought he looked good. Like, he was pretty quick. He was he looked kind of light um, on his feet in a way that, like, maybe I hadn't seen in a while. Not to say he was, like, quicker or whatever. There were definitely, I think, moments where, like, he wasn't getting the same lift that you'd want him to or, like – you know, it just kind of seemed like there was some rust to shake off, which is ridiculous because he had like 37 and eight, um, which is incredible. But like, um, I thought he looked good. I thought he looked better than I could have hoped for him to look. And the whole like Jimmy Butler, Bam dynamic is going to be a game changer. And I don't think we're ready for what that's going to look like because Bam is a completely different player. And like, we'll get into Bam, um, I still have issues with the way he play, um, but I think he he needs to figure out his role once again within this new, I guess, heat paradigm where they're actually healthy. Or we don't know <laughs> so, if they're going to be healthy because, you know, Tyler Hero. <laughs> I mean, we're, we, we're going to get into that later on in the yeah. show. The thing I want to kind of pivot, uh, not pivot, but like kind of add to what you're saying about how he looked and everything. 33 minutes last night, which is not – an unreasonable amount of minutes played. Now that's right at his season average the last four seasons. So or last three seasons. So Moose, like, they manage his minutes. He plays a very aggressive style of basketball. He's very physical. He wants contact. He wants all this stuff. Like that's 
that's the important stuff, right? So he's getting north-south. He's getting to the rim. He's doing all that stuff. And it just changes Miami's offense dramatically because Duncan had a good game, was four for seven from three. And all of a sudden, every time he comes off a handoff, they can't trap him, which just because Jimmy's such a good mover without the ball. He really floats. He does that Dwayne Wade ghost cut. He's just a great mover, right? So they have all these elements back in their offense. Tyler's also playing, which, you know, he's another guy that if you kind of swing the ball to him, you know, not only is he a plus shooter, even though he's not shooting the ball well this year, he's defended as a plus shooter. And he's proven that he's going to attack a closeout. And if you're not in great position, he's going right by you. He's a really crafty finisher. That mid-range pull-up game has been money. We're over 50% shooting on that on the year, which is a trend that I'm going to bring up every time I can because that is legitimately like offense breaking for him as a player. So Jimmy, with all these cogs around him moving, they got a semblance of an offense, Moose. Listen, we were talking about it last night with Jimmy Butler back. Everybody ups their game because they're not being asked to step out of their role to an extent that's going to take them out of it energy-wise on the opposite side of the floor. That's been something that we've been lacking the entire time. Jimmy Butler allows everybody else to play within their lane and to play more aggressively in that lane. And everyone's just more comfortable that way. And then just wait till we get back Warren Dragic. And then Jimmy Butler can also take a step back from dominating the uh, the ball every single possession and getting his own looks off, off uh, ball movements. So they've only played 28 minutes together, the three of them, Goran, Jimmy, and Bam, which is just crazy. That's insane. Their team's not complete. Yeah. It's just not. Like, they haven't played, like, their team. Like, the, the, the team that made the finals has not played together. By the way, Jack, uh, chat saying that you look like you they're going to sell sketchy warranty. I saw that. I'm, I'm kind of just trying to ignore it, but thanks for bringing it up. I'll cry after we get off the pod. Thanks, guys. <laughs> what kind of warranty? <laughs> like the, 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 that, that seven-year warranty on an appliance that you're, you're going re- to forget about. It's going to be locked in your closet, and you're going to come to it. It's going to break, but if you're going to miss a warranty by like two weeks. That's happened to me so yeah. many times. I remember like, oh, that's right. I bought an extended warranty on that. And ah, I missed it by two weeks. Always miss it. That's how they build that's, them. That's my, that's my life. That That's, that's life now. What happened, Frankie? No, that's how they get you. Cause you always, they always count on you forgetting that. I said, I said, Jack looks like Hustler kid from recess. I love that. <laughs> Such a great call out. So speaking of extended content, speaking oh, yeah. of extended warranty, do they have one on Kendrick Nunn? Mm. Oh, God. Honestly, like I, I like the minutes that Gabe played, and, and that was something that I talked about. That I, I like the minutes that Kendrick Nunn played last night. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Same, we all did. Favorite part, yeah. <laughs> and I know that he, yeah. it was not a DMP coach's decision. He did not play because they were. He had an outstanding test result, and I think the Heat, unlike the Sixers, did the responsible thing, did not play him. And uh, when it came to Spo, was settled in the rotation, and we know how how Spo is. So Gabe was that guy and, and that's what they were that's what they were running with, right? So to me that's a yeah. huge positive that Gabe looked good next to them, Frankie. Gabe looked good. He looked competent. I think he's a better on ball defender than than none. He has a spot up shooting game. I think he's a better playmaker and a better decision maker than none. None has a little more zip going to the rim, especially. He has, you know, he, he can dunk, has a little left hand jam that he's he's good at and and he's he's pretty igniting in a fast break, but I think in general, Gabe provides them a little more versatility. 
Yeah, because he can contribute on both ends more than Nunn can. Uh, Not Gabe, that he's a good defender, but that no, no, but he he tries. The, the efforts yeah. there, the angles, he takes better angles on on screens. He's he is able to get into a lower stance uh, defensively uh, than none is, and and uh, uh, top of the two three is, is more of a threat uh, when when Gabe is there with Jimmy or Andre or any whoever else than when when none is anywhere on defense. Uh, Gabe tries hard. Yeah, and he's not a guy who's you know looking for his shot as opposed to everybody else. He's good with playing his role. Gabe played 11 minutes, took two shots. I bet you there's no time none took more than two shots and 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 more than five minutes of game time in his career. He just <laughs> chucks them up. So yeah. that that's the kind of like that's the uh, nine tenth guy that we need in that role. Play your role, move the ball offensively. Take the shots when they're there. One three he hit was at like end of the shot clock. Good rotation. Hit, hit his shot. And that's what we need. All out of he's him. a that's guy. All we need to ask out of him that I trust. If they're swinging the ball, right? And they do this a lot. Like they'll get the penetration and then they'll kick and then it'll be like swing, swing. And if he's that last guy in the corner, because usually when they kick out, Duncan's the guy that catches it up top. Duncan or Tyler, and, and the defense is darting at all hell to get into them, either whether it's from the corner or from the middle. And when they do that swing-swing pass, when Gabe is the last guy in the corner, feet totally set, because you know the play's coming to you, right? Like, it's something that, okay, I, I am ready, I'm prepared, I'm set, and I'm going to catch the ball in rhythm, gather and shoot in my motion comfortably in rhythm. And I trust him a lot more than none in that role. And I trust him to be there more. I think none's a little bit more of a freelancer. On offense, I think Gabe kind of picks his spots and stands there more, which is, I think, good when you have stars. You know, when when, when Jimmy's going to the paint, yeah. you know, it's good. He, he he needs to know where his pieces are. Like, he needs There's to know never his been a, board. Yeah. There's never been a second that Kendrick Nunn has been on the floor where I didn't immediately know he was on the floor, and I wasn't immediately annoyed by it. Like, <laughs> what, to Frankie's point, like, when he gets the ball, he's going to – take a shot or try to take a shot whereas Gabe Vincent like does exactly what I want from like a ninth or tenth man I want to not know he's there that's like the best thing I could ask from him is that I don't that the fact that I'm not annoyed by Gabe Vincent is the most positive thing I could say about him because I don't expect him to be good he's not a good player he's a like end of bench player and that's fine but like he does all of the things he needs to do nothing more and nothing less and he doesn't actively sabotage like what they're doing on offense to your point like you know he can do everything they're doing and i think moose put it perfectly is um having the stars back allows people to play within their lanes and like be aggressive within their lanes like that's exactly it like you're not asking Gabe Vincent to score 20 points for you so you can win which is a thing that they were doing like only a week ago awful and it was insane. And people were actually like, let's see what we can get from Gabe Vincent tonight. <laughs> like Alf said, he was marquee. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. He was on the graphic. He was on the graphic. I mean, that's that's wild. We talked about it in the chat. I, I like seeing Gabe Vincent on the marquee gave me flashbacks to like the 2015 Heat season. Like I, I we went through those dark days. Like the period in between, like the Dwayne Wade uh, Miami like Big Three era, and like and Jimmy Butler. Like we went through those dark days where we saw G Leaguer after G Leaguer get hyped up. Like as if they could be the next big thing. We're gonna get into one of those. I never want to hear it again. Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball player strikes out when the bases are loaded. The best golfers sometimes three putt with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you're coming up short in the bedroom, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go get to Roman.com/heatbeat21 now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. And the whole process is discreet and straightforward. Get Getting started is simple. Go get to roman.com slash heatbeat21 and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving home. Complete the online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it. Go get to roman.com slash heatbeat21 to get $15 off your first month. Look, that's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. Get to roman.com slash heatbeat21. Go get started to save $15 on your first month of treatment. We got we got to get to some of the Rodney content later. So uh, CH Torres in chat asked, which is actually something that I wanted to get to. How did you guys feel about Struess being in the closing lineup? So I actually am going to defend this because at the time it was a little frustrating, um, but I, I understood it because... The Heat were having issues with the King Speed. And De'Aaron Fox was absolutely tormenting them all night. Torturing, tormenting, torturing. All, 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 everything and every adjective in the book, they could not stay in front of him. And it's, you know, not that Duncan and Tyler and, and Gabe are good defenders, right? But, I mean, there just comes a point that, like, there's nothing they could do. Because even Jimmy was on him at times, and it was just, he's just too fast. He's one of those guys that he's a special offensive player. So what he decided to do is, okay, well, in pick and roll, he's just killing us. And also, he was very willingly taking pull-ups and threes, and he was beating our guys even in drop. So they're like, let's switch. Let's downsize because our offense is best when Jimmy Butler's at power forward with shooters. So what they did is they went Duncan, Tyler, Struess, Jimmy, and Bam. And they're like Jimmy Bam shooters, which has been one of their best lineups all season. Because if you look at any variation of it, it's outscoring opponents by double digits per 100 possessions in any permutation that you look at, right? Uh, Andre is a bit tougher because he's not guarded as much as Struess is. So that's kind of the decision. And I think that it kind of came between Andre and Struess. But I like the spacing they got. And when the Kings were attacking on offense, the Heat were switching. And what they would do is they would, you know, in the beginning – 
Bam was switching on to De'Aaron Fox, and then those possessions became Buddy Heald isolations, right? Because they're not a sophisticated offense outside of, you know, Fox beats anybody off the dribble, and then they have chaos, and then they thrive. So when you have that Bam switch, all of a sudden, this huge center is guarding your guard, and your guard can't get past him, which is why Bam's a fucking beast. And then Buddy Heald all of a sudden is ISOing at the end of the shot clock. Then what the Kings did was, okay, well, and this is coaching. Let's have guard screen for De'Aaron, and we're going to get those switches, right? So then that's kind of where the Struess thing became pretty kind of apparent. It's like, well, what are they doing? Because now Max Struess is getting switched on to De'Aaron Fox, and, and, it's, and, and it was a product of the Heat downsizing and saying, we need to stop this guy. And then I think in the end it was a sound decision because, you know, Andre's not going to give you the offensive versatility that, that Struess does. And I know that Andre's played really well. But I, I'm not mad at the decision, and I think you want Jimmy had it going, and you're gonna trust Jimmy in space, right? Because if if they're just cramming the paint for him, it's not something you want. I, I don't know, Frankie. Like, did you do you feel the same way about it? Like, I, I understand, and re- like, Spo is playing with a limited deck. He doesn't have all his cards, so you know, on a night like that, that's kind of what you got to do. But I understand why people were torn off by it. No, and and Andre probably would have been cl- uh, closing earlier if he had was hitting a couple shots. But yeah. he was over five from three on good looks, so you you know you can't really fault him. And Strews made two big plays with his two backdoor uh, layups that he he created by being awake and, and reading the defense and making good plays. And you can't be bad at him. He made plays, and then when Spo needed a, one final stop, he took him out for Andre, and and they got the the win. So like I I can't be mad at him. Like you said, he's playing the limited deck. He had to play thirty minutes of KZ, Gabe Vincent, and Max Strews. Uh, the rest of the guys were rotation guys, and he, he was able to survive with that. But normally you're going to have Goron and, and uh, Bradley taking those 30 minutes and not having Tyler. Tyler wouldn't have to play 40 minutes. Duncan wouldn't have to play 35. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy, 34 minutes is pretty good. And that's good. You that's like pretty, that. That's what, that's what exactly what you want. And Jimmy In a close game, you take more. that. Yeah, absolutely. And so, like, I'm not too mad about it. Um, I was concerned at first, but Struess made good plays. Struess isn't dumb. Uh, so he, he, makes, <laughs> he makes smart plays offensively. He can hit open shots. He doesn't take too many bad threes. Like, I'm not I, – I, it's very rare where I'm looking at a Struess three, like, what the hell is that? You know, so I, I wasn't mad at him playing a couple minutes there. He's a guy – like, they have too many ninth guys that are playing minutes. That's the issue. They have like, a roster full of ninth guys other than their top – Three or four, six. That's being no, kind. Their top, their top I think six. Nice is yeah. being kind yeah. for a lot of these guys. I think, I th- yeah, yeah. I was like I think. I mean, you have Jimmy, one, Tyler, Duncan, Andre, Bam. That's five. Goron, none six. Goron. I mean, not none. Uh, Olenek. Olenek, seven. And Olenek played well yesterday, and I, I thought that was kind yeah. of big for them because he's really given them nothing on offense, and they, they, he's better than that. I mean, he's a really good finisher, and I thought kind of once they got him rolling to the basket a little more, which is a product of playing with Jimmy, you're going to get more – your bigs are going to get more kind of north-south motion, and, and that really helped him, and, and he had a couple threes, so that was good. So I, I think they have seven rotational NBA players, and then kind of after that, you know, you have a lot of eighth, ninth – ninth guys being eighth guys, right? You have, you know – yeah. Gabe and and Struess and 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 all, and, and Mo Harkless, right and all these and, and KZ as much as we love and hype them up and listen, I want to I want to be accountable on this show. We've talked so much shit about KZ and he just like flat out did not look good, uh, look bad and, and rightfully got pulled, rightfully got benched, 
and you know he has to be better and i think the reps are important and i'm gonna hammer this home he has to play because unless the coaching staff feels no this is who he is which it could be i mean he's been in the system for a year and change did not really get a training camp but did not get in summer league i think we have to remember that and it's not an excuse for him and also not unfair to none as well because we're like really hard on none none didn't get a second training camp and a second summer league because that that really helps your development right and, and there's no there's no g league this year too so like let's let's be fair to these guys but also like let's you know we we've we've pumped a lot of kz noise so i i'm willing to i'm willing to like you know take my medicine on that one just was a, a minus yeah. on both ends i've been more down on kz than i think more like the heat beat consensus has been i th but i think he does need the reps i think you're totally right on that mostly just because there's not another option right like who is At the other position. like you well I mean, just in general, you say they have seven rotational guys. You need eight, right? You need eight. They have like six point five, because like Olenek on a like on a bad day, like, yeah. KZ is the you only guy Bradley I think. Yeah, Bradley. Yeah, but, Bradley. Okay. Bradley. So they need they, they need have seven point five rotation guys. Okay, my point is they need one more <laughs> rotational guy. <laughs> I agree with you. And, and you're going to need it to be KZ right now, yeah. especially if you're looking to fill that four spot. Don't get me wrong. It's nothing against KO because I still think he's going to get the minutes there, but we can't be relying on that all year long. And especially I, I especially deep in the playoffs, I feel. you know. So yeah. I want KZ to get these minutes now. And I agree. He looked terrible last night. When it comes down to the defensive switches and all that, I'm starting to get frustrated at the fact that he can't pick it up. But he's a good on-ball defender. He's a good on-ball defender. But he's a good on-ball defender, and what he's giving you energy-wise on the offensive side as well, at least being able to like pull guys out and create space for others, we need that right now. And he's not going to get better if he doesn't get the minutes. So I think this is important to note. So uh, crab photographer in chat, uh, friend of friend of ours, he loves. Sioux Falls for some weird reason well, knows a lot about Sioux Falls watches a lot of Sioux Falls basketball and I know this has been documented KZ was the same non-entity in Sioux Falls which I, I don't think is a small thing and I know that people laughed at me when I said you know I think he should play over Harkless and then be like yeah you know he was one of the worst daily players last year and you know that that's all fair that's all fair and that's all well documented and him not looking at the basket is a problem it's he's uh, he's been infected by Jimmy Butleritis where uh passing out of layups and shit uh, so we have to see, I mean, I, again, I, I just wanted to take my medicine on that. And I think that this transitions just really nicely into kind of something the chat has been clamoring. I know, uh, Tez Pickett, uh, was asking about, um, JJ Redick and, and kind of like, and we've kind of internally talked a lot about like moves and stuff. And I think that looking at what we said, you know, there's seven and a half ish rotation players. Um, I think that if they're going to be legit title contenders, they need to replace two of those bottom guys with like legit like f maybe like two two number fives right like or, or a number three and a number six you know what i mean like but i i think that the high end's a little tougher and i know victor oladipo is a guy that we've kind of talked about a, a lot but if they're gonna legit be a title contender this team because i i think that their offense is going to be good and i think that they're going to figure some stuff out but they're clearly a couple pieces away and if you can sure up your playoff rotation by replacing two of those bottom guys with some high quality players that you're like, okay, this is a legit like fifth guy on a really good team. And you get two of those, you know, you don't have to swing for the fences, but that changes things. Like a guy like JJ Redick, who by the way is shooting poorly this year, a guy like Lonzo ball, right? A guy like Otto Porter, a guy like PJ Tucker, right? Like, so these are the guys that, you know, have not been great this year, but when you're in this kind of position, you got to roll the dice, 
right, Jack? So, like, they, they did that last year. You know, they did it with Iguodala and with Jay Crowder. Guys that just... Jay Crowder, by the way, was not playing well in Memphis. Like, was playing, like, legit yeah. bad. The, the shooting was bad. The defense wasn't there, right? So, you, they just rolled the dice on a veteran that they said, well, I think if we get this guy in our system with our Hall of Fame coach, we're going to put them in positions to win. Yeah, you got to buy that, low on somebody. Uh and I think that they're kind of void of movable And you look parts. like the perfect stock trader right now to give us that information. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like I, I've been pounding this drum like all see, like since before the season is that like they're going to need another Iguodala, Jay Crowder type move that puts them in position like from kind of a middle of the road playoff team to a team that can like legitimately like compete in at the highest level of the sport which is like they're right there they have all of the pieces um and they're just like a few guys short and if they hit right if they find another jay crowder they don't even i don't think they need i think what jay crowder gave the heat last year was kind of like astronomical and like out of this world like he was shooting like i think he shot 44 percent from three with us which is even with like he kind of went cold in the playoffs like or at, he was incredible like they just need like a body they need like a Derek Jones Jr. even like just somebody who can be out there and give them like a defensive presence at the four or like extra shooting or something the Derek thing's funny because Moose like I'm not a Derek guy I've never been a DJJ guy I've always kind of been out on him but one of the things that I've kind of missed on, on a guy like that is the length especially when they run their zone because their zone has no bite their zone is soft. Their zone is is like honestly kind of useless this season. I don't know the I don't I don't have the numbers on it. And I'm sure that we can ask Christian for them tomorrow. But their zone hasn't been very good. And I think part of that was what's made the zone special last year is they had a lot of really athletic long guys at the front of that zone, disrupting passes, creating turnovers. Right, the Heat are the turnover team now. But before, you know, they were the ones turning people over with, with the zone. And now it's not Derek, and it's not Myers, and it's not you know, Jay Crowder at the top of that zone, it's Mo Harkless, it's KZ Akpala, it's, you womp, know, these smaller Look, guys you're, you're, you're saying what the problem is right now. It's the mix yeah. of people. Look, the, the only difference for, in our system from this year to last year is that we don't have the same mix of guys in that stretch four that fit. can defend up and defend down. You know, that's it. We didn't change the way that we're defending. We changed the pieces and look at the pieces you just mentioned. Last year's team was like kind of greater than the sum of their parts, right? Because you look at a guy like Crowder Absolutely. or Derek, and you're just like, it's not like you put him anywhere else. You're just like, yeah, whatever. Like Jay's whatever in Phoenix. Derek's like Derek's been pretty good in in, in um in Portland, but you know, they're kind of like whatever pieces, right? They're probably like what we're saying right now: six, five, six men, right? Seven, seven through five men, right? But you and put they were that just together in the right situation. Which is why, like, I'm big on a guy like Otto Porter because Otto's shooting the ball really well, but he kind of moves like cement, which has kind of concerned me. But I also think that, like, the Heat will put him in spots to win, right? It's kind of my thing with that young. Like, you get these veterans that are really smart basketball players that, like, know what they're doing. Like, you look at what Draymond's doing over there and in Golden State, like, just the value of a smart player. Even if you're not the best shooter in the world, even if you're not, like, the crazy athlete you used to be, you know, when you have a really smart, disciplined veteran playing alongside a superstar, and the Heat have those, that really goes a long way. 
Um, so that's, I don't know, like it, it's tough. Cause I know Jack, you really want Oladipo and obviously he would be yeah. a huge help for this team. Uh, there's just no denying that. I know you, you and you and Alf gave it to me and I've, I've really come to your side on that. <laughs> um, you know, they, they, they do need, they do, they need more than a piece though. They need, they need two, I think. Yeah, I think, um, Oladipo would be great, but like beyond that, I, I would love Thad Young or Otto Porter, like with Jay Crowder, he he shot exceptionally but like he wasn't really an exceptional floor spacer like he could keep the defense honest but like i don't think anybody really bought the fact that he was a three-point shooter everybody thought he was a mediocre three-point shooter and like he would make them pay sometimes but like deep in the playoffs he wasn't even really hitting shots but like he was still really good for them because he could defend up and down and he was a body like really you don't even need somebody incredible you don't need somebody like impressive you just need somebody who's not gonna screw up and when jimmy butler gives you the ball do something with it like keep the defense honest and you know do your part on defense um i think an auto porter like that's the kind of guy who like is flawed enough where he'd be available like the heat are clearly protective of their assets maybe a little stingy some people would say like I don't know if they're overvaluing or like I trust them to make moves generally, but um, they're not going to get even an Oladipo at this point. I don't think, I don't think they're willing to move those pieces at all. So it's going to have to be a smaller move. Um, And maybe Otto Porter is that guy. Maybe Thad Young is that guy. Um, I really hope, you know, just for the NBA's sake that Chicago gives those guys up because it is a crime to waste that talent in Chicago. I mean, I feel the same way about like, I think uh, Chef Trilly on Twitter today said something about Vucevic. Yes. Which is like, that would be interesting, right? Like, I don't think the Heat have the assets at all to get him, but like a Vooch Bam front court would be incredible, I think. So my thing with that was, if that's like teams always force you to downsize in the playoffs, right? Especially in the, I think in the West, it'd be a little different. I think in the West, you can get away with it. In the yeah. East, the Celtics play really small. And the Bucks will play Giannis at center and f- completely force you small. And the Nets are going to play really small. So you look at the big... Philly's the only team that you're like, well, they're, they're, they play big motherfuckers. Like, okay, fine. Yeah. We, could, we could play big against Philly. But Philly Philly doesn't worry me. I mean, they almost won with Gabe Vincent. Like, I'm, I'm not really worried about Philly, right? So if I look at those three teams... I think, well, and and Trilly and I had this conversation. I was like, well, typically a guy like Vooch gets played off the floor. And even the Lakers last year were played small by Kelly Olenek and Jimmy Butler. Like, let's not forget that. Let's not forget that the Lakers went through the Western Conference playing two bigs. And when they got to the Heat and they were carving them up, they're like, never mind. We're just going to play AD at the five and LeBron at the four. Right? We're not going to play two traditional centers, which was what they were doing. So, you know, playing Bam and Vooch together, I think... You can get away with it for a long time. I think crunch time against the Celtics or against the Nets, it's going to be tough because at the end at the end of the day, to quote our good friend Alex Toledo, when Vooch is in drop against a guy like KD, against a guy like Jason Tatum, Harden, Irving, even Jalen Brown this year who has been fucking incredible, or Kemba Walker or whatever, any of those guys that are going to kind of put them in pick and roll because you can't switch him. You have to bet that whatever damage they're going to do to you in a defensive scheme that they are built to exploit, that Vooch is going to win that back on the other end. You have to be sure of that. You have to be sure 
that whatever Vooch has given up because KD is feasting on that drop and, and Kyrie and all that stuff. You have to be sure that Vooch is going to give you enough on the other end that you can survive playing that way. And that's where I have questions. But Vooch is good enough and he is good enough of a shooter that it makes... And you know how I feel about playing two bigs. It makes me think. I don't. I agree with you. I don't think they have the juice. Yeah. Um, I mean, Duncan's would he cost table, but... less than Oladipo? I think he would cost just as much, right? Like, no, I think. I think. I, no, oh, he would, okay, maybe. maybe. I don't know. What, I don't know what his contract looks like right now. But like, he's I don't on, he's think on, he's, that, he's not a free agent. They would have to give up like Hero or Duncan, which is like yeah. they're not going to do that for Vooch. Well, and, and like, I'll be honest. Duncan... I don't know if I sign off on that right now. No, I, mean, I would this not. Is, this is literally the first time hearing this. I didn't see the show actually sweet. Sorry, buddy. But uh, so I'm just thinking about this now. But if you're telling me that's the price, I mean. No, I wouldn't do the trade. So I he's under contract until 2023, and he's set to make 26, 24, and 22 million. So he has a declining base salary similar to Harrison Barnes, which I think is really interesting. Uh, Harrison Barnes has a similar kind of contract, which he's another guy that, you know, you can look at if you're the Heat and say, well, that's a guy that. I feel like if he's in our system, you know, that's a guy that started for a finals team. Two finals. I'd be more interested in him than Booch, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, I I don't I, know I, what I, the contract is there, though. Same, similar. Kind of declining in the 20s, uh, mid to low 20s. Um, it, it expires and, after uh, in two years, uh, 20 million next year, 18 million the year after. Okay. I love these that's, declining That's not contracts. that bad. It's not. It's reasonable. And, I mentioned this uh, the other day. The Heat have a, a kind of interesting offseason because they're not going to have a full max slot, but they're going to have some cap room, right? So they, they're going to be able to absorb a, a contract and a trade or, or outright sign a guy. And Duncan, if they're going to pay Duncan, his cap holds really small. So if you remember last season, they had an issue kind of having, they had fake cap space because even though they had 20 something million dollars in cap space, Goran had a $28 million cap hold. So unless they renounced Goran's cap, which they were not going to do because they wanted to resign him, they they didn't have real cap space. So this year they actually have real cap space because the cap holes are minimal. It's Duncan who's making peanuts, right? It's, it's a little peon contract or whatever. Shout out, by the way, Twisted Tapioca. God, you're gifting so many subs. We fucking love you, man. Oh, God, what a year. Yo, Twisted tapioca. tapioca for the gift of sub. We appreciate that so much. Uh, yeah, and, and some people in chat are like, Orlando's not going to let Vooch go. Uh, yeah. They'd rather have Aaron Gordon, which I'm... The, the idea of Aaron Gordon might be better than Aaron Gordon in practice, but, you know, he's a guy that... I said this before. The Heat have a culture that you bet on. They have they yeah. have the kind of culture that you think we bring a guy in here, and they're going to be good, and that's kind of where they are. And um, man, it's just good. You know, they're coming off a win. You know, we can actually talk about them being good again. Kind of look, we're, we're kind of being we're, we're we're talking in the sense of how do we get them to the finals, not how do we get them into the playoffs. I think that this is going to be a springboard. They have a pretty soft schedule coming up. They play the Wizards twice. They play a bunch of bad teams before they start playing some good ones. So. Um, real quick, I wanted to get to Tyler because then I want to pivot to Rodney Magruder talk because that's there's a, <laughs> there's a funny Draymond Green clip going around, kind of mean, but get into that. <laughs> Tyler, um, apparently somebody he lives with. What, Jack, what was the tweet? It was a virus. How did they? How did the Heat phrase it? Oh, barely um, poorly worded. <laughs> uh, Will Manso posted something. Local Ten said Heat say hero may miss time for virus related issue. Which sounds yeah. what are we doing? Just a weird phrasing. I don't know. Like, 
I guess that's correct. Like that is what it is. It's a virus related issue. But it sounds you are, you're doing swing. him no favors. <laughs> what kind of virus? Could be any virus. I mean, he already said last night the whole like you know that somebody tested positive in his house, so it's already out there. You can just say COVID protocol and keep yeah. it out. Like this is not helping when when you know what his uh, relationships are away from the court. I'm kind of annoyed that they go health and safety protocols. We all know what it is. Call it the damn COVID protocol. Well, that's why I like virus-related issues. Like, <laughs> it's COVID, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, but that—that that is the natural follow-up. <laughs> it's it's not fucking weird. H1N1. It's it's COVID. Like, you can oh, say what virus name. it is. Yeah. So, like, I I don't know Tyler's living situations. So, you know, somebody he lives with, whoever that is, we can. We can all speculate. Uh, Wait, I want to know what you guys pictured when you saw, like, I saw somebody is living with, and I immediately imagined Tyler Hero, like, living in a TikTok hype house. Like, exactly. You, you so nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> I probably, was, I was probably at least his girlfriend, eight people. But like, <laughs> it's probably his girlfriend, but it's a testament to who Tyler Hero is, is I immediately imagine like a house with eight people and they're all making TikToks or doing something like that. Like, I thought of a UM frat house. I thought he lived at a UM yeah, frat house. Yeah, something like that. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> but it's probably one of, one of, one of his fraternity brothers caught yeah. COVID and, you know, it's, it's, it's dangerous right now. Um, yeah, so that's happening, which sucks because like they, they they finally look Goran and Avery are coming back next game, and you would think, well, finally they're gonna have some health, and uh, no, we're not. Which sucks because then you know one of that one of those guard spots, you know, that means our favorite Kendrick Nunn minutes or Gabe minutes that more Gabe or Kendrick than we want, but you know whatever they're they're close. Hopefully it's nothing. Uh, he, he's questionable, I think, or, or doubtful. I don't remember. So. It's not a for sure. Uh, I, I believe I, I believe I read him as questionable. Yeah, so. probably Which, safer to keep him out. Of course, but again, and this goes back to like just what we've been saying all year. So the rest of the team is okay now. Like it's fine because they didn't because they, they didn't all played the with game. Them. Like what the hell? That, that's what I don't understand. Okay, so Tyler will be out as as he should, but then the rest of these guys, like I'm just I'm. When are we gonna get over all this? Come on! Like <laughs> I feel like it's just a never ending saga. It's a revolving door of health and it's, it's really can't, absurd it's it crazy and it's sense. it doesn't at all like i at least hope that when we come to the playoffs you know they, they institute some sort of a bubble for the playoffs because we at least when the games really really matter you kind of hope that you know they at least get some semblance of certainty right or, or maybe the last stretch of the season i don't know i don't know what they'll do hopefully the players sign off on it so you know we can all enjoy some safe and, and good basketball because it's not fun to watch you know that's clippers team without their two best players and the heat without their two of their three best players uh play a game right the, the, nobody wins nobody wants to watch it right it wasn't i don't, I don't, even, I don't even think it was fun for clippers fans nobody no. nobody had fun I just don't want to see Gabe Vincent on the marquee going into a playoff. Game. Don't give me that. All right. Well, what when they put KZ, I was like, well, they better play him. You know what I mean? Like they're putting this dude. I was like, you better, you better hope to God you play him. I'm gonna slander the shit out of you on Twitter. That's all we have. Twitter's our only weapon. Um. Okay. So before we go, I know we're running on time. Uh, have you guys heard? So are you guys familiar with what happened with Magruder last night? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know the the basics of it. Yes, I got caught up this morning. So, so there was some sort of kerfuffle with the Warriors and and, and Rodney and, and Rodney, you know, all around nice guy. You know, shout out to the scavenger. You know, nice guy, Rodney Magruder, friend of the show, by the way. 
friend of the show has been on with us. We love Rodney. We are supportive of Rodney. We are we are hashtag uh, free Rodney lifers. We we've advocated for preseason Rodney. It's one of the greatest Heat players who has ever played in a Heat uniform, along with preseason Gerald Green. Just absolutely, you know, Hall of Fame talents. And lifer. Heat lifer. So Rodney. So I'm, first, I'm gonna play the clip. So apparently, Clay Thompson was on the broadcast, and uh, he was roasting up uh, poor, poor Rodney, poor Rodney Magruder, which is just you know Clay's supposed to be a nice guy. So this this kind of this kind of surprised me. Two percent, but more importantly, they hold the Pistons under forty percent. What's Magruder doing over there? Is a little scuffle about, here. Talking about one, and then everything seems to be okay oh there. My. Clay's figuring out what, what, what's going on over there, Clay. Rodney Magruder. Oh no, this dude might be out the league soon. He's probably mad about that. Who knows? Wow. Shots <laughs> fired. He's over here checking my guy. You good? Everybody seems to be okay, and everybody's going to their respective locker rooms there. But yeah, I don't know. No. So that will that will end it right there. But That's savage. Five over here trying to start something like he's a good player or something. It's like, bro, get out of here. You might be. Sorry. All right. We're done. Oh, my God. (laughs) So Clay is Clay is eviscerating poor Rodney, which is like surprising. I'm just like, damn, like that's your period. It wasn't even a big deal. Right. So that happens. And then Draymond Green in the postgame comes out with this in the locker room. Uh but uh, apparently he was um, taking up for Wayne Ellington. When the fuck Roddy Magruder become the tough guy of the team? Like, I don't know, man. Everybody in the league tough these days. It's crazy. I've seen a lot of tough guys this year. I don't understand it. And and, and don't nobody do anything. So, like, if you really wanted to do something, you could have done it. Walk over there talking shit like he's a team tough guy. The hell out of here, fucking tough guy, Rodney. Rodney, <laughs> fucking tough guy. Also, I'm rocking with Juan we... T. Juan T was about to bring that town, that town bit, business shit out on him. And um, yeah, I'm rocking with Juan T on that one anyway. But also, I think it was something that like that Juan said in the first or second quarter to Wayne Ellington. You ain't got nothing better to do that you still thinking about something from the first or second quarter when you weren't in the game. So apparently, um, he Wayne, Wayne Ellington must have went over to the bench. I guess he went and told um, Rodney McGruder because he hadn't been in the game. Yeah. I don't know, man. There's too many tough guys in this league these days for me. But I know ain't nobody scared of no damn Rodney McGruder. Like, fucking kidding me? <laughs> Excellent dismount by Draymond Green there. Ain't nobody scared of fucking Rodney McGruder. Which is just like, well, why is Rodney? Like, come on. Leave Rodney and Heat life for Wayne Ellington alone. It was a long clip, Jack. I know. And Draymond had a lot of pauses. And you guys don't see the I video. Thought, I didn't know when it was stopping. No, I, I know. Yeah. Gonna cut it off. Or I, um, this is why I want the Warriors to be good again soon. Not like yeah. Durant level good. Not like that good. But like they are a fun bunch of folks who really love talking shit. And yes. it's good for the league because I think Steph likes talking shit. Draymond loves talking shit. And even Clay, like, they 
they all love talking shit, and it's I think fun. That's, like one of the best parts of the NBA is that you get this kind of open shit talk, and like, it's wonderful. Like, like imagine if like they're in a playoff series, and like Moose, I know you're like nodding. Like, imagine Draymond's just talking shit to AD or something. Well, I mean, I love this for a number of reasons. One, sign me up for any and all NBA soap opera theatrics talking yes! shit to each other. I don't care if it's the star, the number one guy, or the last guy on the bench. I love that stuff, and I'm here for all of it. I hate that our boy Rodney Magruder got the casualty shots for it. But you know what? That's kind of what comes with it when you mess with some of those guys, especially the Warriors guys. You know they're going to talk. Clay's comments completely caught me off guard just because you're thinking, like, cool Clay. I did not think he was going to go with this guy's going to be out of the league soon. Um, But that just makes me want to tune in for the next game more. And believe me, the NBA knows that sells, and they love it too. It's good. And, and like, I, I heard Ethan Strauss kind of talk on his podcast. He's like, you know, Warriors clicks are, are way up, right? Like, like on the athletic, Warriors clicks are, are really dominant. So people like this shit. People love Draymond. Like, we love to hate him. We love him. I mean, it's just, it's fun for the league. And it's, it's I don't know, it's, it's good. And I like that we have a guy like that. Because, like, Jimmy's out here, you know, talking shit. I mean, dude, I, I say this all the time. And this is probably, like, an overly quoted anecdote by me. But he scored over the fucking MVP and Defensive Player of the Year. Stared into the crowd, the, the, to his to his family. Said he can't guard me. He was right. It's fucking. There was awesome. a moment where he was talking shit. I'm talking about Jimmy. He pulled over uh, uh, Precious. I guess Precious had missed a, a cut or something. I honestly wasn't paying attention to it. Neither was Precious, and he lit into him. And that's the that's the type of energy that we need you know jimmy was was doing that everywhere else and it just was kind of going in one ear out the other misconstrued but that's what this team was very much lacking while jimmy was out that energy just changes everything for us so well received too by like the the heat and and, you know and by the way like i recommend listening to the latest low post where uh zach Lowe talked to nick fidel they kind of talked about the splitting of Jimmy and the organization, right? That whole Dwayne Wade Butler era. And then what the decision that the bulls made, you know, kind of moving off of Jimmy and kind of going young and how that's like a really important moment for the league and how the heat really embraced the parts of Jimmy that the bulls grew tired of and the fruit it yielded was a finals appearance. Right. And and just, you know, him playing, you know, superstar basketball, right? Like he's, he's that guy. Like he's, he's that good. Um, by the way, Draymond Green, it'd be so fucking fun here. He should have always been here, but that's a whole other discussion. Draymond, Draymond and Bam with Jimmy is just fucking awesome. I mean, just defensively, it's just it's just awesome. And then just to shit talk. I mean, Jimmy and, and Dre are, are cut from the same cloth. Like it's just right, Frankie? Like that that's perfect. Yeah, Draymond Draymond is one of those guys who would it, it'd be an immediate fit here. There's, there's just certain guys in the league that, uh, you know, there's the James Harden's where you doubt the culture fit, but there's guys who, like, embody it. And Jimmy was always one of those guys. Draymond's one of those guys. A guy like Chris Paul is one of those guys. Just, like, guys who are obsessed with the craft, love the game, and uh, love competing, and, and are, you know, sometimes have culture issues in their own own organizations just because, you know, they're, they're – uh, they're not always empowered uh, with with their front office, with the coaching staff, with the other players around them. They're, you know, it's a certain type of guy, and uh, you know, Draymond's 100% one of those guys who's just fucking crazy about basketball and competing and cerebral with with uh, everything about the game. 
it's kind of crazy because like Dwayne is not like that. Dwayne's very Hollywood, right? But I mean, Dwayne, Dwayne's heat culture. Like, don't get don't get me wrong. Like, Dwayne's heat culture, but Dwayne's not. Jimmy's more that than Dwayne, right? Like, Jimmy is more of that stuff that the that the organization propagates. That Jimmy, Jimmy is much more Udonis than uh, Jimmy yeah. and Udonis are like cut from the same cloth as opposed and to Dwayne and Zoe. And Zoe, yeah. But and, Dwayne, and Bam I mean, is closer to that than Dwayne. Oh, yeah, no question. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Bam, Bam is way – I mean, I I always go back to when they were scouting him and they go, this guy's a little fucking crazy, huh? Like, yeah, that's what they were salivating at. I, I'm convinced that they know that they missed out on Draymond because they should have had him in the draft, and that's why they went so hard at Bam. Because just going into the draft, I actually thought um, Bam had a lot of Draymond in terms of, like, the intensity and the defensive IQ. Um, you know, obviously he's he's even proven me wrong to because he's by – by far past that now but um but yeah there's just to frankie's point there are guys that you look at and that you know little that little crazy like they were saying is just welcome here and it thrives here it's it's nurtured uh so curtis's hero says Dwayne wasn't hollywood at first you're right but it, it was kind of more of uh and then and then little's little what what is little, little spoon, spoon leroy, leroy. Uh, said Jimmy has work ethic, Dwayne had pure talent, which is also true because Jimmy really was a kind of scratcher and claw when he got into the league. Dwayne walked in like like a superstar, which, you know, kind of to close this out, I was watching uh, Dwayne had like shared some highlights on Instagram and a couple things about that. Like one, like obviously he's one of the 15 greatest basketball players I've ever seen in my life. Like he is just absolutely fucking transcendent and i'm watching these clips and i'm watching the way he's operating in no space right he's he's coming off a pick and roll he's splitting it and he's dunking with no space because the spacing on the floor was it was it was udonis or jermaine o'neal in the dunker spot and Dwayne slithering and dunking over dudes and i'm like there's legitimately not a dude in the league like that right now like there's just isn't like if Dwayne wade in his prime were playing right now he would be the best basketball player in the league if 2009 Dwayne wade was here He'd be the best basketball player in the league. Yeah, like it's—I don't even think it's a question. Like in like the way that he could just explode into speed for dunks, for defensive plays, the the IQ, and again, he was playing in phone booth offense, right? It was Eric Spoelstra as a rookie coach without floor spacers, and, and in the era of hand check too. Let's not forget that halfway into his career, hand checks were taken out. So those first couple of years where he was relying purely on his athleticism and just bulldozing his way, somewhat similar to what we're seeing now with Jimmy Butler, just you know, without that ferocity um, that that he brought with his speed. Yeah. Um, but but that you're, you're absolutely right. He I mean, oh nine Dwayne though. I mean, oh nine because like even yeah. teams like teams are dropping against Dwayne, right? They're not switching pick and rolls, like they're just dropping and they're giving him the mid range, and he's. He's closing that gap so fast that it doesn't matter, right? So, like, you think you're giving him their mid-range, but the second he turns the corner, he's one dribble, and all of a sudden, you're not in position to defend him. And then he's going up, and he's getting dunked in front. Like, it's just crazy. Like, watching him play, like, chat's agreeing. In 2009, he was the MVP of the league. We all know that. We know LeBron didn't deserve it. We know Chris Paul didn't deserve to be second in first-place votes. LeBron knows or, he didn't or, deserve in voting. it. <laughs> I think Dwayne got second-most first-place votes, but just finished third overall in the point system. Uh, totally robbed by LeBron. LeBron has taken two things from Dwayne. LeBron took that MVP trophy and also took his finals MVP trophy in 2011 because that series, Dwayne absolutely put the fucking team on his back, carved up the Mavericks. Jack, I know you've talked a lot about how you've lived in Dallas. They they must have hated him that series too. They they really hate Dwayne Wade. (laughs) He's probably enemy number one. But like that's – I would hate Dwayne Wade too if I had to watch the 2006 finals, man. 
like a, an experience. Oh, we don't hate Dirk. Do we me. hate Dirk? Do you hate Danny Green? Do you hate Gary Neal? I, I love Dirk. I love Dirk, but like Dirk did not do us the way Dwayne Dirk. Wade did the math in 2006. <laughs> like, Dirk, I, I really he love. Did have a great final. Hold on, season. let's start this propaganda because I'm I fucking re I look at the stats all the goddamn time. D Dwayne outplayed Dirk both series. Absolutely, yeah. that's not even yeah, a question. So. Yes, not Dirk even a question. But two games that Dirk stunk it up. Uh, Mavs won both those games. The yep. the closeout game, and I think it was game five. Three. Uh, no, yeah, game, game three. Five. Game three. No, no, game four, the, the Heat won game three. The Heat won. Game that three. Mavs was, team, I think, is incredibly underrated as a cast. Like, I think Dirk yeah. is incredible. I think he does deserve credit for being yeah. a special talent, like one of the greatest power forwards ever. Absolutely. Like one of the greatest international players ever. And like, he was great in 2011. I think Dwayne Wade outplayed him. And I think it goes incredibly underrated how good Jason Terry was. Tyson Chandler, incredible player. Like, I think it goes underrated how good that Mavs roster was. Marian. Because they immediately broke it up. Yeah, they immediately broke it up, and also they were kind of um, – there were some older guys who kind of fell off pretty quickly, or like Tyson Chandler kind of became irrelevant really quickly. But like no, they Tyson they Chandler was like a defensive year. player of the year. No, they got rid of him the next year, but I'm saying like yeah. he wasn't a relevant he NBA force though. after that because no, yeah. he was – He was incredible. Traded, he was a defensive yeah. player of the year candidate. Like. No, he but won a defensive player of the really year good. after he got traded. He, he was traded. He was a yeah, bobcat before this. He was traded for as a uh, just as a throw-in. I, I I don't remember if it was. Uh, I think it was like a Dampier or something like that. Uh, some like bum, some bum uh, that and and the Bobcats like bought him out right away. They just took it for a pick, and then he turned into a good player. But the reason they fucking won wasn't because of Dirk. It was because the team shot forty-one percent from three. Yeah. And they had nobody to guard them. And the Heat couldn't shoot anything. Mike Bibby and Mike Biller stuck it up. Mike Bibby, Mike I Bibby. hate him till this day. He's my, one of my least favorite players of all time because he stuck the it up. The worst waste of a standing ovation in American Airlines history. I am so furious that I got up and clapped for that shit. You <laughs> clapped for it? You were one I mean, of I was you... in the moment. We had just got Mike Bibby. I was like, fuck yeah, welcome, buddy. <laughs> Look, Dwayne wow. shot. I wish I could take that back. I wish I could take it back, but the entire Holy arena did. Entire I've never known anyone did. that admitted to this. Wow, unbelievable. What do you got? What do you got, Frank? Dwayne shot fifty-four percent from the field that series. Oh, Dirk, Dirk shot forty-one. So look at the he numbers shot before Dwayne got hurt. Three. It wasn't Dwayne, even like oh. Brian Cardinal took Dwayne out. Remember, yeah. he had the hip oh, yeah. check, and Dwayne's numbers plummeted after he got hurt because that's fifty-one percent. With the last game or game and a half, he was hurt. Deshaun Stevenson shot fifty-six point five percent from three. Yo, Curtis is here making a great point in chat. Why did we cut Kendall Court's legend Carlos Arroyo, who, by he the way, would play at Olympic Park? And knock a dude over and yell, get big. It was it, legendary. Legendary. And, we, and we were all calling for him in the finals when Biggie was giving a shit. <laughs> him and Chalmers. There we wanted Chalmers. Bad. Chalmers started, I so, think, game six. It, it was a little too late. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Because Chalmers was actually playing well during the series. Well, I was always furious that that, uh, that we had cut um, Patrick Beverly that, that year. I knew, yeah, that, right. I knew that he wasn't really going to be good for us, but we – we needed that defender at the point guard spot, and from everything we were hearing about him in training camp, he was a bulldog. So I will that, say this: that, that always he did not me. play in the league for two more years. 
he was not ready. And I think that a lot of people bring that up. And I'll always say, like, they needed bodies then. They did not have time for a wait-and-see guy. They needed to fill up those. Unlike what they're doing now, they needed to use every single roster spot to see what they had. And and, and Bev was just – he didn't play for two years. He didn't get a contract for two years. The problem was there that they chose uh, Beverly uh, over Pittman there because they had fucking 16 centers – on that team. No, we Dexter Pittman Big was Z, later. Dexter Dampier, Pittman was not the Joel. first year. No, Dexter Pittman was that team. Yeah. Dexter Pittman was that first year. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Because they still believe that they were going to need a traditional center. Whoa, hold on. Wait a second. Tez, Tez Pickett said Eddie House was a dud here. Absolutely not. Eddie House has one of my favorite big three heat moments ever. When he had a game winner over James Harden, there you go, Moose, over James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and Kevin Durant, and in a seat in, in an era that had a 27-game win streak that had the greatest sporting moments that this city will ever fucking feel. A top 15 moment or 10 moment is Eddie House hitting a game winner over three MVPs and then doing the big ball dance on the sideline. I'm sorry. You're wrong. You're wrong, chat. Chat, you're wrong. I'm you're dead wrong. Dead wrong. Um. All right, guys. So they, we're wrapping up here. Had, oh, well, I'm all over this. They legitimately <laughs> had six big men. Six oh, no, yeah, was, Don't even do it. You're just gonna have none of them good. Counting Udonis or Bosch. That's not even Big counting Z. Udonis or Bosch. Big Z. No, you had Big Z here. You had McGlure. You had uh, Joe Anthony. Oh, Big Cat. Joanne Howard. Big Cat. <laughs> you had Dexter Pittman. Why the fuck did we need so How many, many big men? bigs did we have? We had we Big had Z, six. Big we had like, Cat. We had like eight or nine. Half of our roster was dedicated to fucking big men when you're going to play LeBron and, and Bosch most of the minutes. They needed to give Big Cat more minutes. I'm a Big yeah. Cat guy. They need, you, when, when the Raptors were going through their playoff run and we got all the Big Cat memes uh, as an assistant coach, that, that, that made me happy as a as a 2009 Heat, like, you know, Heat Stan. I love that 2009. It should have been Draymond Green, but I, I'm okay. just going to – I will never get over that, really. Last question before we head out. Uh, okay, I guess we'll combine them because KZ3925 uh, gave two of them. Uh, how did Marcus Saul and Joakim Noah win Defensive Player of the Year when they're not great protectors? Uh, because they prevented shots at the rim. They were just they're just incredible IQ guys. They were, I mean, Joakim was a switchy big, right, and just was anchoring the league's best defense. And same with Mark. Mark's a genius. Mark's a Mark fucking didn't deserve it. Fuck Marcus. LeBron deserved it. But, fuck but... Marcus. No, fuck Whoa. Marcus. Whoa. There's never been a possession that he scored on where he didn't travel. <laughs> fuck that loser. Pow will always be better than you, you Whoa. little brother piece of shit. Whoa. That was, yeah. that was harsh. Got harsh. Fisdale oh, fired. Got David Fisdale fired. He did. He did. Yeah. Yeah. You he motherfucker. And, and everything Fisdale said was, was right, too. Because Mark, yeah. Mark, uh, he started making him shoot more threes, play fake there, and what did that make Marcus all a championship big man? Maybe two championships. Yeah, maybe two. Maybe if he doesn't fucking champ. evolve because David Fizzo said, "Hey, you should do this," and Marcus Sol throws a fucking hissy. Spolster coaching die. tree's real. Dan Craig, you're next. Okay, last one. KZ three nine two five asks the second question: uh, Will Bam be a better defensive player of the year? Will Bam be better? defensively than Joe Kim and Gasol. Um absolutely. <laughs> well maybe not yeah, maybe no not question. Mark. Maybe not Mark. I I think that Bam has an upside and potential that is well, yet to well, be you fulfilled. said maybe not Mark. I think I think Joe Kim's I mean, the Mark's best Mark's an all I mean like if Bam I think I think he I think he will be. I, I think so. But 
you know, Mark's... No, no, but you, you think Mark is a better defender than Joaquin? Yeah, for sure. Really? I don't yeah. think so. Yeah, for sure. No, he's he's brilliant. I mean, he, he's he's just... Yeah, Joaquin is too. No. Joaquin no, in his but, prime was... No, yeah, but Mark, Mark's, a Mark's, a, Mark's a different Joaquin. gear... But as Mark a, wasn't as a... switching on guys. Joakim was way no, more but, versatile, but and Joakim was exactly. fine. I mean, inside. it was a different era. There was less switching back then. I mean, even now, I mean, they, in they played during the same era. What are you talking about? Yeah, in, they in the played same... simultaneously. <laughs> I know, but the, the Bulls, <laughs> the Bulls, the Bulls did more switching than, and the Bulls didn't really they, switch that much. Joakim was not a. Switch it was team. the same they, time. They didn't <laughs> drop. Yeah, what are you huh? talking about? It was a different this, era. They won defensive player of the year like a year apart. Like back to back. I'm just I'm just trying to cape for uh, no. my yeah, Raptors. This, this is just your Raptor bias here. Marcus Hall wasn't I, even I, the best defensive player on his own team. This yes, is he was. Bullshit. Tony Stop. Allen. Conley. Tony Allen. And yeah. Tony I, Allen. Yes, the I forgot about Tony Allen. Yeah. Tony Allen did nothing no. else and was still a high quality <laughs> NBA starting player because he yeah, was Mark, fine. a dog, okay. man. Marcus Marcus wasn't even first team all defense that year. Oh, that's right. I remember yeah. that. I actually I actually remember that controversy. That was funny. No, but to uh, answer the question, I don't think uh, like I think Bam might be uh, a better individual defender than them. I don't know about team defender. Uh because one of the things that really highlighted those guys is that they got to play with great defenders as well. You had Joe. Well, not 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 Joe Kim. Gibson. Joe Kim played with Taj Gibson and the whole thing. What do you mean? Yeah. Okay. Uncle Lou. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll allow it. Yeah. What is this guy? And he had Tim was a great defensive about? coach. I hate that Bulls team. I don't want to give them any credit. They Fuck them. Bulls they were incredibly defensive. Yeah. They were Fuck yeah. superior Fuck defensive Heaton, team. Heat and five. Fuck them. Heat and no. five. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.